coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. Online and Labor Day. Labor Day. We're still here because we are dedicated to giving you the best podcast in the world. And guess who we almost had? And I know <laughs> almost about almost guests. Sam? Um, <laughs> Steepy. Steve Machicek. <laughs> Maybe you couldn't say his name anymore. No, Steve. No. I actually texted him and guess Miocic. what? but He's such a nice guy. He texted me right. This is, this is, okay, this is a craziness. Okay. This is the heavyweight champion of the world. You see these guys that are just coming up, not even close, not even in the top 10, and they're partying like rock stars and they're like living the life like they're fucking superstars already. Oh, I fought in the UFC, which is great. I got to admit, that's the top top of the top, but they're not top of the top of the UFC. And they're acting like movie stars already and they're too good to work and they can't do this. They're too busy to work. And Okay, so now with that said, all these other guys are the beneath the heavyweights because they can't they can't the heavyweight champion of the world is the top of the top he's the top dog of the top dog he's the baddest man alive in boxing it was always the heavyweight champion was the baddest man alive and the same goes holds true for MMA and especially the UFC because that's the highest level so he's basically the baddest man alive again again so and you would think all he's doing is train when he has a fight, right? He trains. The rest of the time, he's just sitting in his fucking throne being fed grapes or whatever the kings get. He didn't quit his job. He's still working. He he you know what he responded to my can you please come on our podcast? He responded, uh, he responded, uh, I'm sorry, sir. I have to work that day. But I'll get back to you. Can you can you imagine the heavyweight UFC champion of the world is still working, still fucking working. It's like most guys once they make the lowest of the low, you know, divisions of, you know, say Tachi Palace or some of the lower lower like Indian reservation cards of MMA, they quit working right because hey, I'm working. I'm an MMA fighter now. Well, how much do you make a fight? I don't know, 800 bucks or something. How often do you fight? Uh, twice a year. This is Stipe. He is the heavyweight champion of the world. He's making a lot of money. But he's still working. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I texted him back. I was like, wait a second. You're still working? Your fucking day job? You're the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. He goes, yep. That's cool. Well, hopefully we'll get to talk to him and hear how he does it. I'm always interested to talk to very productive people he's obviously productive because it seems to me in the fighting game when ufc started in the early days i think a lot of people probably had jobs yeah and they didn't train full time but for what mma's become where you have to be so good at so many things to be a champion to where you can still fit in time for a day job 
So it'll be interesting to hear from him about that. I like that side, that part of it, filling in, fitting in, being productive and stuff like that, time management, everything. But the part that boggles my mind is I'm 100% sure he does not have to work. But he does. Well, then you can also be 100% sure he probably likes his job. He, yeah, he, he, I, or he might, he might like it or he just might feel like he's a blue-collar guy and he should be working. Fucking guy. Unbelievable. But now he's, he's big-leaguing me now. Yeah, Stipe is big-leaguing me, and he couldn't even come on our, uh, um, come on our, our podcast. So, anyway, okay. Well, well, we'll have him soon, I hope. Stipe, if you're watching. I'm sure you are. This is the best, most famous podcast in the world, okay? Now, we're going to go from all the way up to the heavyweight champion of the world. Such a great guy, blue-collar guy, to BJ Penn. I love BJ. He's from my, he's from my, you know, he's from my home state. Um, he's just not doing well, guys. He's not doing well. He just got knocked the fuck out on, 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 on the internet. So basically on a video, just by some... Just, it's like know. a drunken street brawl, basically. That's what it looked like. So the, who was once the prodigy and considered the best, best fighter on the planet, all weights included, BJ Penn was actually considered the best jiu-jitsu guy for a while, and then the best UFC guy. He was actually the best UFC guy for a while. And he, he could have... The, the, the fucking sky was the limit. He could have done anything. He could have done anything. But he didn't. He's fucking getting drunk and getting knocked out on, on fucking TMZ now. Getting knocked out in street fights. Drunken fucking street fights. That's what BJ Penn has become. I need BJ Penn back. He's from, he's from the old days. He's from the old school. He's somebody needs to reach. I'm gonna call him. I'm calling him tomorrow. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't. But he was saying some pretty. Uh, I don't know if you heard the audio, but it wasn't very nice. Uh, what he was saying to this guy that eventually knocked him out. Um, stuff happens. Uh, you get in a street fight. That was one of those situations. Uh, you know, you're not a fan of, but that was a street fight situation uh, that went really bad. For him. So he didn't get jumped and he didn't defend himself. They were actually mutually fighting. That's what it looked like. Uh, that's got to be the <laughs> stupid. That's the stupidest thing you can do with no rules and a concrete. And he was talking a lot of trash, too. Oh, God. Poor guy. I mean, poor guy, but stupid guy. Well, people make mistakes. BJ. You'll have, to, you'll have to hear from him and see what he says. BJ. BJ. We need to talk. I'm going to be in Hawaii soon. We need to talk. You need to get back old school, bro. You need some, you need some pit mentality. So anyway, that's I that's that's the sad news about, um, about BJ Penn. Um, let's touch on for like a couple minutes about the upcoming UFC. I, I actually find this one an interesting one um, because I really like both the guys, Khabib, Dustin Poirier. I, I think they're both fantastic. Um, I just do. I, I just really like them both, and and I I I'm definitely truly interested in this fight. I see it going. I see it going one way more than the other, 
just because I've never seen um, uh, Khabib knocked out. But I think Dustin is the guy that could knock him out, and he also has really good wrestling, Dustin. But you'd have to have really, really, really good wrestling. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't seen Khabib in the ring since la- a year ago when he fought McGregor, and it turned into that giant melee, and he got suspended. So he has not been back until this fight. Um, so we'll see if that maybe that'll affect him too. He's been out for a year. That's what they all say, and then people come back laughing at their ring. I I, I don't see anyone with ring rust. That used to be a thing with boxing in the old days, but the way people train now and, and, and the way that MMA has so many more dimensions than boxing does, that ring rust doesn't seem to be a factor at all. More than ring rust, do you see a, an undefeated fighter get complacent? No, no. I see a fighter that loses hunger. Well, complacent or loser hunger or loser driver, they don't train the same. Right. I'm not the, saying that's the case here. Right. But but I don't think it's because he's undefeated. I think they just sometimes people just get lose their hunger. They could be twenty and zero, or they could be three wins and twenty losses. And once you lose your 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 hunger, please don't go in the ring anymore because you're just going to get hurt. Unless you make a lot of money for each fight, and it can like maybe buy you a house, and then you can get set up. Sometimes the fighting is a means to the end, and then it's usually not guys that are like John Jones and. Conor McGregor and, and, and Chuck Liddell's. You don't make it to that level level if fighting is a means to an end. But I know guys that are great fighters, don't love it. It's not their passion, but the, it's a means to an end. They're, they're, they get to buy a house. They get to put some money away. And, it's, and you know, in, in a five-year period, they, they can make as much as some guys do in their lifetime. So it's a means to an end. So I don't know. I don't think Khabib has lost his desire yet. And I definitely don't think Dustin has. So I'm very interested to see that fight. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to see Barbosa against uh, Paul Felder. Not as much. Um, Barbosa recently fought Khabib, too. That was one of yeah. Khabib's last fights, I All think. Right. That was, that was, that was, that, if not the ugliest fight, it wasn't the ugliest fight. It was, it was one of the ugliest fights. It reminded me of uh, Renlin. What was that movie called? With the, the Revenant. Revenant. It reminded me of the Revenant, with the fucking, the fucking bear, who was uh, Khabib, the fucking bear who was Khabib, just fucking mauling, fucking Barbosa. It was such an ugly fight. I had to close my eyes. It was like it was just so ugly. There was no no purpose. Um, but with that said, I don't think Paul Felder will be like that. I think it'll be a very pretty even match going in. I think Paul has a lot of of. Uh, of uh, advantages over uh, Edson, but I also think Edson has a lot of advantages over Paul. So I think whoever's able to, this is taken from um, Randy Randy Couture, whoever imposes their will is going to win that fight. And I think it could go either way. And I don't know who's going to win the uh, uh, the main event, but I, you know. Which do you think will be a better fight? Um. I think just for the 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 high the high, you know, level of the fight, um, the wow value of the fight going in, it's definitely going to be Poirier versus uh, versus uh, Khabib. Just the wow factor. So it'd have to be pretty terrible because people are going to be so high with that wow factor that it's going to have to be a terrible fight to bring it down here. Even if it's a mediocre fight, I think people are going to be like, wow. 
A but, lot of his fights, though, I just want to see, you know, it's two and a half minutes in. You just want to see the round end, so could people get off of him so he gets another chance to stand up so you can see some more action again before Khabib takes him down again and holds him down. People don't get up when he takes him down. Yeah. He locks up their legs, and they just don't get up. So, he, he, yeah, so then you're hoping, as a fan, oh, I hope this stands up again so we can see... You know, see the other guy have a chance. And and I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. This isn't a popular thing, but wrestling in and of itself is so fucking boring. So when people are able to turn an MMA fight into a wrestling match, it's just like it's so fucking boring. I'm not saying it doesn't take a lot of skill, doesn't take a lot of strength. It's just fucking boring, though. That's why wrestling matches aren't as popular as boxing matches. But his, I don't think his fights are boring. No. Because he, well, he's coming in undefeated, which always adds something, and he hasn't fought in a year. I think people are going to be psyched for this fight. Yeah. It's on at a weird time because it's in the Middle East somewhere. So, um, it's on Abu early, Dhabi. Early in the day. It's going to be Abu early Dhabi. fight. And, and the fight of, uh, of uh, um, Barbosa against Felder, that's, that's like two blue-collar guys fighting really talented, really um, really skilled, but they're blue-collar UFC guys. They're in the U- U- uh, blue-collar, so it's not like... I don't think this is a pay-per-view either, so... It is, oh, yeah. It is? It's got to be. I'm sure it is. That's not. It's not? What's oh, it yeah, on? it is. Never mind. I think it is. It's UFC 242. Yeah, but let me see who's on it. I mean, so I see Khabib, and then... Huh... I just don't see that being. Yeah, but that's how it is. Some of the cards are stacked. Some of the some this card. card is definitely not stacked. This card is like unstacked. It's like the first fight. Ooh, wow, that's stacked. The second fight. It's a pretty good fight. It's a pretty good fight. I could it's headline be, another card for sure. Yeah, and these other guys might be great, but just the fact that they don't have any name value well, right Curtis now. Curtis Blades is fighting. Curtis Blades. Yeah. And these other guys are probably, uh, you know. They're, they're fighting some hometown people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, okay. So, we got that. Uh, we'll be watching it, obviously. Well, you will. Are you going to be able to watch it? Oh, shit, I won't. You got to fight. I got one of my, you know, one of my guys is fighting Saturday. So, you but it, so if it's, I thought a pay-per-view is always on at 7 our time. Apparently not. This is, it says 11, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I mean, I could watch it then, basically. Yeah, I could watch it in the hotel room. All right, we'll, we'll try to watch it. We will be talking about it Monday. Um, and we'll be hearing about your fighter Monday. And then we'll hear, be hearing about my guy. my guy. My guy's been with me since he's four years old. He's 22 now. Um, and he has, he's, ha- he's going for his seventh win. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be 7 and 0. Um, and he's just, he's a, I mean, people watch him train or watch him fight for that matter. And the judges at the smaller shows are like, this guy's going to be in the UFC. He shouldn't even be fighting in these shows. But he's that good, and, and I just can't wait to see his rise to... to uh, well, he's not fight, fighting at a local Indian casino. He's uh, he's fighting at Bellator, uh, the very... Yeah, but when you think of Bellator, Bellator is like this. It's the very bottom to the very top, because some of the Bellator fights, their guys are like making their pro debut in Bellator. Unless you're a wrestler and you have like a wrestling background or they're just bringing you in to be a victim, you have to work your way up to the UFC. They don't have like the really low and then they're really up. They have the really, you know, almost up and then they got the really up. 
the, to me, the UFC would be like um, the major leagues if it was baseball. And then Bellator would be like uh, single A, double A, and triple A. So it would be like right there. That's how I feel about that. But he's fighting in the, on, on, the, on the prelims. It'll be on da Dazen, and his name is Big Brother. That's his nickname. His, his actual name is Isaiah Rocha. So that'll be interesting this weekend. I'll be in, I'll be in uh, San Jose for that. So, bing. All right, so what else we got? We got, okay. Let's talk about, I want to talk about shoulders a little. Because you always hear knees. Everybody hurts their knee. And then all of a sudden, meniscus this, uh, lateral this. And, 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 and they got the fucking, uh, they got the patella over here and, and this shit. But the, the leg, it just goes like this. The shoulder moves in so many different angles. And there's so much more to it. Um, it's all attached and anchored all over the place. And when you, when you talk about stretching, almost everybody just starts doing the splits and stretching, you know, doing a standing stretch and trying to stretch their hamstrings, their groin. That's the two main places the martial artist tries, uh, stretches. And that was my mistake. When, it, when, it, when people talk about being flexible, all people do in martial arts is stretch their legs so they can kick higher. But in reality, the most important thing to stretch to prevent injuries the most important they're all important but i would say the most important because of the capsule and all the ways it goes is keeping your shoulders flexible well i think the shoulder has a ton of range of motion i always talk to my patients about the shoulder you know how how mobile it is and how many degrees of freedom you have with it it's much different than the hip when you talk about the hip it's a ball in a socket classically it's a perfectly shaped ball and socket in the shoulder, you have the ball, but it's almost like balancing a golf ball on a golf tee. It's not quite that bad, but it's almost that bad. The socket is really shallow. It's almost like the golf tee. So it wants to come out of the socket really easily. So you have muscles that surround it. You have the labrum, which surrounds it, and all the ligaments that hold it together. But before we get into this, so with how important the shoulder is to a martial artist, right, and how important the knee is, which would you rather if you if you in a street fight and you didn't have a knee or a shoulder? What are you picking? Uh, you could not have your left shoulder or not have your left knee. Uh, I, I, I would rather. <laughs> I think I, your mobility is so compromised with your knee. Right, but but I I could lay on the ground and fucking shoot the guy. <laughs> I don't gotta worry about that. Not with I, your well with one arm. I, what? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I'd rather I'd rather have I'd rather have that. So, but know, the whole fight or flight, you need your legs. Yeah, you do need your legs, but it only goes one way. I mean, your your it goes like this, your knee. Well, it goes it, back and forth. Right. It doesn't go fucking, you know, every single angle like your shoulder. So your shoulder does. So yeah, it does have more motion. Yeah, so true. much more motion, and I think it needs to be stressed more in the flexibility, because uh, just because of the flexibility. It's not just the and the strengthening too. And making sure you're not just strengthening your deltoids because you can see them. Yeah. But there are a lot of more intricate muscles, your rotator cuff, that need to be taken care of as well. Yeah, and the labrum. And, 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 then, and then, I mean, there's other things that you don't get in your, in your hip or your knee, for that matter. There's stuff like, you know, when you encapsulate and you fucking, all that tender, tendon shit. It's just like, there's so much more going on with the shoulders. It's like multi, it's like comparing boxing, which would be the knee, 
to MMA, which would be the shoulder. It's like not the knee. The knee's pretty important. The knee's important, but it's... What's that? Is that Isaiah? Say hi. Come and say hi. We got this is our guy we're talking about that's fighting uh he's fighting uh he's fighting Saturday. Saturday night. He's fighting Big Brother right here. He's in the house. Big brother maybe Stipe is big leaguing us right now. But at least my guy (laughs) at least my guy uh Big Brother will actually, even though he's a big shot now, he'll come to our little podcast and say hello. Sorry, Stipe. Yeah, you see, big legs, big uh, big brother. How you feeling? Good, good. I'm you feel good. stressed? No, not at all. Nope. Just a little uh, ner- now you don't get that. Like they don't get that nervous. Some of my guys, I'm not gonna name them right now, get super nervous before fights, and it's like it's just dealing with them is like, you know, they're calling like, hey, I, I'm really, you know, I don't know about my diet, man. I just ate three, you know, three peas. I was only supposed to have two. What should I do? You know, this is like crazy stuff. And then they overtrain, over always overtraining, um, and then my some of my guys don't that don't stress, um, they train perfectly, and then some of my guys don't stress but don't train hard enough, but usually it's the guys that are just overtraining, that seem to have that uh, you know that stress level. But you but you like to you train really hard, but you don't get stressed out. How can you not get stressed out? When are you headed up to your fight? Thursday morning. Oh, you got Thursday? You got to weigh in Friday? Friday morning, yeah. I'll be up Friday. I'm going Friday. I'll wrap his hands. And then that's one reason, guys, um, wrapping hands is so important. And I got to say, the UFC guys are great. They are great. But it's, it's, it's like if the fighter's yours, you're going to spend that extra that extra little something putting on their wraps because that's that's their hands it's like protecting your own kid you know what i mean like when you're you know that's your student your fighter and and i would think to be honest i would think the ufc guys would just wrap it on and just put it on real quick and not really care because they're not their guys why would they care but they don't they they do a great job but i think i think emotionally they don't they don't get attached like when i'm putting out a wrap Putting my wraps on, you, I mean, you've seen me do it before because I've done it on you. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it, like I put in a little extra? Oh, yeah. It's like that extra, I'll even have the commission guys always watching me because like, hey, a hey, little bit too much tape. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding, bro? Mm-hmm. So I put on a lot of, I put a lot of time and effort in the wrap. And then in the corner, you got to remember, guys, we only have like 20 seconds in the corner, right? It's a minute break, right? But the, the bell rings. Then they have to make their way back to the stool. Usually the stool's not even ready for them yet. Then they sit down. Then they have to take some deep breaths. By then, 40 seconds usually has uh, elapsed. So we usually have 20 seconds to give them a strategy. If you can remember, what's the best advice I ever gave you in in the corner? Do you ever remember? Um, Well, usually most of my fights have... End in the first round, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So Maybe. okay. And the one time I did, I don't remember to be honest. I was yeah. Like, I was like my second fight. Okay, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you my best advice ever was Corey McGee, and he was fighting. I forget the guy's name. He was fighting, but it was a close fight, and this guy. I just wanted him to fucking punch the guy more, and he was like working. He was thinking too much about 
getting angles, strategies, which is great. But with this, uh, with this typical, with this particular opponent, he just needed to punch him. So I remember just telling him in the corner, punch him in the fucking face over and over and over again. That's all you have to do. Punch him in the fucking face. Okay, I had this mic on, and I what I didn't realize was that was going to be the, the sound bite after that fight. And uh, I think it was Joe Rogan or John Anik kept playing that. And I got a video of it, and I sounded like such a fucking douchebag because I was just going, put through the fucking I sounded like such... Do you have a douchebag in the corner? Are you? Yeah. No. Do you have a douchebag as a trainer? No. What about as a person? Uh-uh. What about as a martial arts instructor? No. See, guys, see, I'm sorry. You don't, do not listen to my wife. Listen to my, my students. So, anyway, everything else good? Yeah, everything's good. All right. What else we got? So, that's what we got this weekend, guys. We got, we got, we got Big Brother's Fight. We will be talking about that. I will show you some behind-the-scenes stuff. But not too much because uh, I kind of get stressed out a little bit at fights. And I don't, um, unless my guy's not fighting and I'm at a UFC, I can video all day long. But usually when my guy's fighting, especially somebody I'm really close with, I'm kind of like not the video guy. And I've seen trainers like that. They're spending so much time videoing, even walking out to the cage. It's like, give some attention to your fighter, bro. He's about to get in the cage and fight. But anyway, that's beside the point. But you get nervous more than your fighters? I think, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's more than my fighters, but I think it shows more. Um, and I think, I think part of it is because I don't have a, I have a passion for helping my guys, but I don't have a passion for the sport of, uh, I mean, I have a passion for it, but I also have, it's a love-hate thing because I get nervous. I don't even get nervous if my guy's going to lose. It doesn't really, I want them to win, but it doesn't make me nervous that they're going to lose. It makes me nervous that they might get hurt. It makes me nervous that I might give them the wrong, uh, the wrong advice, even though I never have done that yet. But, um, after being in corner since 1978 and I don't think I've ever given bad advice, but anyway, I might one day. And that makes me nervous that the fact that I might give bad advice and then it's my fault that they lose, you know, so that stresses me out, but it's mainly cause I put myself in their place. Like I put my, myself in their head. I know how much I hated fighting and I was always nervous. So that makes me even more nervous. Well, and you're kind of under the spotlight too, cause we've done it. We see fights that go down and you're saying the corner should stop the fight, and they don't. Or you see recently that boxer where the corner stopped the fight, luckily, but then it wasn't, an, you know, wasn't soon enough, didn't help. Yeah. But, but you know, the, you're kind of under a microscope. And, in fact, I know on the big fights they're doing more of kind of showing the corner, miking the corner, yeah. seeing what the corner's telling the fighter. And then they comment on it after the round starts again. And what's, that's one great thing I, I think that I've, I've picked up now, and I think it's really going to help my fighters especially the up-and-coming guys like, uh, like Big Brother, is I don't spar them like I used to spar. I used to spar to where I'd have, I would have a minimum of two concussions a month. And I, I, I'll bet, I, you know, I guarantee it's at least that much. We sparred full contact to the head every time, and it was with some of the best fighters out there. Um, my fighters now don't get that head trauma in, in training at all. So when they go into that fight, people might say, well, how are they going to get used to getting hit in the head if they're not getting hit in the head in training? Close your ears if you don't want to hear this. You stupid fuck. 
Let me tell you this right here. You don't build up your chin by getting knocked out in training. You don't build up a toughness in your brain by getting hit in the head all the time. You just don't. Okay? You only have so many knockouts in you and then they're gone. So not that's like telling a cop, you haven't been shot enough. You should get shot in training more so you know how to shoot better. That's the dumbest fucking thing in the world, guys. You should not be getting hit in the head. You should not be getting concussions. You should be training, drilling, and practicing techniques that you're going to use in the cage. But that, that doesn't, you don't have to practice getting knocked out in training to, to, to make yourself a better fighter. You don't need to. In fact, I'll go one step further. Not only do you not need to, you shouldn't. I totally agree. And, but you know the old adage, what is it, iron sharpens iron? Yeah. Which, you know, I think for everything else probably has a role, but not for head trauma. No, but iron sharpening iron, I think that that phrase, I think that phrase is accurate. Like when, like when, when Big Brother trains with ex-UFC fighter uh, Antonio Bauelos, they're sharpening each other by training together, not by getting punched in the face. That has nothing to do with iron sharpening iron. Just the fact that they're training together, it's rubbing off on each other, and they're both reaching higher levels. So, I don't know. Sorry about that. Take it out. No, I think you're totally right, and I think that's changed. It used, that's it. It used to be that way in a lot yes. of sports, where it, it was, was uh, head trauma is just part of it. But yeah. I think if you can eliminate it as much as possible in such a dangerous sport, you should. And that's why I that's I think that's one of the reasons where our fighters, uh, as as a, as a team, we're close to we're right around ninety five percent wins. You know, about ninety five percent wins, and we barely spar. I don't think I don't think we fully sparred. Um, maybe once in the last six months. And my guys seem to do fine. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fighters out there that don't spar anymore that seem to do really fine. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. In fact, to be honest, as long as you stay in shape physically, some of the best fights that you're going to have are last minute fights, not with a camp. Like I, some of the guys' best fights are, Hey, I took the fight on three days notice and you know, next thing you know, this fucking guy's a, a world champion. And, and the reason being, yeah, you have more time to prepare for, for a fight if you have a long camp, but you also have overtime to prepare mentally. And sometimes that always isn't good. Sometimes it's best just to step out and go. What do you think? What else we got? Well, that's all, man. That's I all. Agree. That's all we got to talk about right now. Stretch your shoulders, guys. Not just your hamstrings, and the knee just does this. Not, it, not quite. There's entire. Did you ever see me going this there's way? There's entire books written about the knee. Wait, look. <laughs> your book, knee, your book of the knee would be very short. No, but look. If this was the knee, right? What if it went this way? It can't go that way when it's bending at the joint. Imagine if your foot went over laterally. Think of how much muscle attaches around the knee. Your biggest muscles, your quads, hamstrings, all attach around your knee. There's yeah. a lot of force at your knee. But all it's going is like it's simple. supporting your whole it's body. Simple. It's simple. It's like this. Your left hook without a knee wouldn't be the same left hook. Anyway. <laughs> all right, guys. We're out of here. Thanks for coming. Make sure you tell your friends about us. We are the best podcast in the world. We'll tell you about the... other guests we almost got next yeah. week. Yeah, but we got Big Brother. We got we Big Brother. We might not have got Stipe, but that's okay. We got Big Brother. <laughs> Thanks for stepping in. Thanks. Yeah.